Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. to Stacking the Box podcast with Matt Verderam and Sterling Holmes. I am Sterling Holmes. Verderam, how are you? Good. I'm good. It's been uh, some warm weather, actually, around here. Not quite as warm as KC, I know, but out here outside of Chicago, it was like 50 yesterday. So uh, was, I, I got like legitimate lawn work done. Um, didn't expect to do that on February 20th, but here we are. Uh, what about pickleball? I know you're getting a uh, getting big into pickleball. I've been seeing your tweets. I... I did not go yesterday because it was a holiday, and so I had to watch both girls. Um, but I did, and I went to the gym at one point, but it, there was no pickleball to be had at that juncture. Um, I might go later today. I will go on Thursday. I will definitely go on Sunday when they have like four hours in the morning. Um, it's funny because. The now I know I know you also play pickleball, so we can we can get into this. A and for by the way, people who are sitting there going, "What the fuck is pickleball?" Pickleball is essentially uh, is it fair to say like a, a version of tennis almost? It's like I, I, I say tennis mixed with ping pong is the best yeah, example yeah. to the to explain it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's essentially set up like a tennis court is. It's smaller, but it's like the same type of lines, and then there's an area called the kitchen right next to the net. That's what a couple feet either way that you can't step into. Cause otherwise it'd be too easy to sit there and spike it. The, the paddle's like a big ping pong rattle uh, paddle. And then the ball is I don't know, about the size of a wiffle ball, same kind of consistency. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a fun game. You can play singles or doubles, but I've only gone like three or four times, but I'm, I'm really like, pretty intrigued by it. It's a lot of fun. It's a great, it, I got into it because I saw people doing it. And I was like, this is so much better than running on a treadmill. I'm going to do this. And now, as it turns out, I'm doing both. So I'm, I'm probably going to a heart attack. But in any event, uh, Shelby says chicken and pickle and is so fun in KC. Isn't that where, like, Mahomes and Kelsey were going at one point? Yeah, it's great, man. It's it's a really, really fun time. By the way, you can play it at all ages. My grandpa is 87 and plays about eight hours yeah. a day. D- dude, he waxes my ass. I mean, he, he just crushes me. His so- serve is absurd. That's what's fun. Like the age range, because I play it at my gym. They they've transformed like half the basketball courts into into pickleball courts, and so half of like, like half the people are my age or younger, and I'm 34. And then there are other people who are like you said, like literally like in their 60s, 70s. And I found that like a lot of the older people are really really good because I think they're just retired. They have nothing else. Like they're like oh, screw it, I'll just become a, a grandmaster at, at, at pickleball if that's a thing. Um, it's been a lot of fun. Like, I went and I enjoy playing singles more than doubles, but usually there's so many damn people there that you're kind of forced into playing doubles. Um, I just like singles because there's more of a workout. Like, there's more there's more skill, too, I think, that goes into it. Whereas, like, doubles, it's just like people just rush to the net and it's chaos. <laughs> um, I prefer to play back. I just enjoy it more that way. But I will tell you, there's a couple, I think it was today, Tuesday, so it's probably like last Thursday, I went. And I laid out for a shot. And I and I got it. I got it. I was really proud of myself. The next day, man, I woke up. My whole side was <laughs> sore. I'm like, this is bad. This is like, I, I didn't even think twice about it when I did it. Didn't really hurt and I, at the time. Woke up the whole, my whole left side was just sore and in pain. But you better believe I went back a couple days ago. 
did the same thing again. Slayed right out. Got the point again. This time, not sore. So maybe the body's starting to accept pickleball. Verderam gets injured diving for a ball in pickleball, as we tell yeah. world-class athletes, dude. It's just a, it's just a toe, just a broken hand. Get back out there. It is what it is, man. I, I laid out. I got the point, which is the key put. But it was, it's fun. You know, I like, I like putting the spin on the ball and and creating a little like. I my favorite shot is the, is just when I slice it on the forehand. That's the best. If you now the downside of that is if you miss, you're an asshole. Okay, because the ball hits the net or short of the net, like you look ridiculous. But if you hit that shot right, oh, it's beautiful. Because then the thing backspins on the person. It's it's great. Um, the hardest thing I think is to serve, like like a good serve, not just like serving it and getting it over. I mean, like serving it in a way that it's hard to return. Because you know you, you gotta you gotta come at it from like an underhand angle. You can't like overhand it like you would in tennis. So you got to really get it so it's like just over the net and have some spin on it. That that I think is – I mean, you can get it over no problem, but making it hard to return is a different story. Yeah, up next actually on Stacking the Box, we're talking about badminton and then going into cornhole. Right. Uh, we're going to get a whole SEC sponsorship going down here. Uh, but, yes, Verderam, you and I are going to play pickleball. Probably going to go to visit you in Chicago, and Dude, I will yeah. – uh, I'll crush you. Or we can be a team. Or we can be a team. Well, um, after that commentary, now we at least have to have like a best of three, you know. Dude, yeah. I'm a competitive prick. Come on now. This is who I am. Well, listen, there's two that can play at that game. So I, <laughs> I will, I, uh, I'm all in, man. I mean, you definitely have me on the quick. So I, I'll have to, I'd have to win with just with, with, with power, which is not easy in pickleball. <laughs> I'll, have to, I'll have to do that. I'll have to start rifling shots down the lines, make you really earn those points. All right, people have turned this off at this point. I was going to say, um, as you can't tell, it is the offseason as we get into yeah, the offseason. What are some of the biggest storylines for you? Is it one of the quarterbacks? Is it someone in the draft? What's one of the yeah. biggest storylines in your mind? So, I mean, look, let's be real. What is the biggest storyline every offseason, right? It's the quarterbacks. Unless there's some weird, weird thing that there's no quarterback of note that's going to move, but like, whether it's a draft or free agency, there's some quarterback that's going to either be a really high pick or is going to be somebody who's notable in a trade or free agency. I think this year you're going to have both. I mean, David David Carr, Derek Carr, a free agent already. Then you got guys like Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, right? Daniel Jones, Lamar Jackson, all set for free agency. Now we know that Jackson's not going to get the free agency. We're going to get to him in a second. I actually think he's the answer. Jones has been a report now that he wants $45 million a year. My response to that is I also would like $45 million a year. And if somebody's dumb enough to pay me $45 million a year, I would gladly take it. Um, but then you have the draft, or you have Young out of Alabama, who everybody thinks is going to be a top quarterback off the board. And then it's going to be Stroud, one would think, out of Ohio State. And then you get into like Will Levis and Anthony Richardson, where I've talked to people in the league who some people think will be top 10 picks. Some people are, have told me they wouldn't take either one of them to the second round. So you're going to have a huge – now, of course, <laughs> all it takes is one team that wants to make them a top-10 pick, and they're going to be a top-10 pick. But I'm just talking about the dichotomy of the of the ideas around these kids, where I think everybody agrees Young and Stroud are top picks. Yeah, I think one of the most fascinating storylines is what's going to happen in Chicago. Mm, is Are yeah, they going to stick yeah. with Justin Fields? They saw some progress, but – Bryce Young, if they truthfully think that he is the better overall quarterback, you restart. You redo it now. I'm not saying it's the same thing that happened in Arizona with Josh Rosen because I think Justin Fields, we know better than Josh Rosen, but they decided, you know what? He's not our guy. Let's get Kyler Murray. If they don't truthfully believe that Justin Fields is the guy and they think Bryce Young can be that guy, you have to make that decision. It's a hard decision. You basically lost a year. Doesn't matter. You do what's best for the franchise. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line 
prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Here's the thing, though, with this. Is it really a hard decision? Like, I understand Bryce Young might be a great player. That said, Justin Fields showed, at least in my opinion, that he could be really, really good in the NFL. The Bears haven't had a quarterback since Sid Luckman, okay? Like, we're talking the 40s. You're going to trade that kid? So you can draft a guy who's unknown. And I don't care how great he was in college. He is an unknown. You do not know what he's going to be. And while I think he's a very good prospect, he is not a prospect like Andrew Luck was a decade ago, where everybody felt like he's going to step in and be a top 10 quarterback immediately. Like Bryce Young, listen, it's fair to say he's very slender. He's a small guy. I don't know how he's going to hold up in the NFL. And for all the people who say it doesn't matter, the hell it doesn't. It does matter. It matters. doesn't mean he can't succeed. Drew Brees is really small. He succeeded. That's fine. I'm not saying it, it, it removes him from the ability to be great. But it matters. It matters that he's really small comparatively to other guys. I think if you're the Bears, you trade out of that pick, you build around Justin Fields, and you move forward. Because I got to tell you, man, if they trade Justin Fields and he goes on to have a career, not even like a great all-time great career, but like just a, a, a four-time pro bowler, okay? He's a good quarterback, real good quarterback. You trade him and you bring in Bryce Young, and for whatever the reason, talent, health, whatever, he busts, oh my God, man. Like, that is a catastrophe of a move. Well, same situation. If Justin Fields never takes that next step, if the arm stays where the arm is, and Bryce Young, you're seeing here all of a sudden going sure. off. I mean, it, it's a tough situation for the Bears to be in. It's also a great situation for the Bears to be in. They they control their destiny if they if you choose. Um, I'm just very intrigued by this because I think there's arguments to be made on both sides that make sense. I just don't know with a run-first quarterback in today's NFL, I'm not saying Justin Fields' arm won't progress. He doesn't have a great wide receiving core to go with. Darnell Mooney, Chase Claypool. Um, I mean, Claypool looked better with the Steelers. Darnell Mooney got injured, so that's not a great comparison. But right. I don't know if you've seen enough with the arm to say, yeah, he's our guy for sure. Let me read you a stat line. I want you to guess who it is. Completion rate, 61.3 yards, 3,144. 16 touchdowns, nine picks. Uh, and he ran... Let's pull this up. He ran. You can find it here. Right here. Okay. He ran for 784 yards. You know who that player is? Daniel Jones. Jalen Hurts a year ago. 
2021. And that was a year where he had Devonta Smith and Dallas Goddard and a great offensive line and an offensive-minded head coach. And he was a guy. He was a guy. For the record, Fields last year had a completion rate 0.9% worse. He had one more touchdown, two, two more picks. Now, Hurts threw for about 900 more yards on 7.3 yards in attempt. Fields is at 7.1, so he just threw a lot more attempts. Fields at 318. Hurts had 432. Um, Now, again, Hurts ran for 784 and 10 touchdowns, which is incredible. Fields ran for eight touchdowns and 1,143 yards. Like, to me... I think he's surrounded by bullshit. They have no receivers. Their line was okay. They clearly need tackles. The center, Whitehair is a good player, but the tackles are not great. Jenkins better. They need a left tackle more, really. Jenkins was actually better as the year went along. Um, Cole Komet led them in receiving. Like, put some talent around that kid and see what you've got. Because I got to tell you, you know who did that a year ago? Philly. Philly went out and got A.J. Brown and said, all right, now you got two receivers. You got that line. Like, give give him anything on the outside. Improve the line. I just think to me, man, that kid, like, there's real talent there. There's real talent. Lucas says, I don't think the situation was that bad. Bro, he had me and Sterling on the outside this year. Like, they have no receivers. <laughs> it's brutal. How bad they are on the outside. Give him some easy throws. He didn't have one easy throw last year. There's nobody on that team that can get open. No, again, I'm not disagreeing one way or the other. I'm glad I'm not in this decision because, again, if you make the wrong one, you're the Bears. You're getting laughed at even harder than Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, you are. This is a situation where you go, you you whiffed on Mahomes, the talent of Watson to, to draft Trubisky. If something pops off and you do the wrong one here, you're starting to get into the, the cursed territory. When it comes to some of the other storylines going around, Lamar Jackson is the big one. Where's your 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 level of where he goes? What does this mean as far as contract-wise? Does he get what he's asking for? Does he, does he stay in Baltimore? What's your thoughts on Lamar? All right, so I wrote this in my column on Monday, and it got picked up, and it got tweeted out by a lot of uh, – uh, very many outlets, let's put it that way, which is fine. Um, I will say this, and I, I made this clear in the story, and I'll make it clear here too. It's not a report as much as a thought. Um, I think if Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, and it's a big if, if they cannot find common ground on a contract throughout the soft season, I think the Falcons are the team to watch here, man. They're out of the conference. Makes it easier for the Ravens to trade them there. The Falcons are one of the few teams in the NFL. They actually have to think about selling seats. Like most teams in the NFL, look, you got eight, nine home dates, you're selling them. Okay. That's not true with Atlanta, especially in our lifetimes, but really in general, who is the biggest draw the Falcons have ever had? Michael, Michael Vick. Vick. Not even close, right? Dion's the second guy, but like Michael Vick. Well, who's a souped up version of Michael Vick? Lamar Jackson. He played his football in college at Louisville, six hours north okay, of Atlanta. Like, they would sell – think about – if you're Arthur Blank, you're the owner of the team, who, by the way, made an all-out run for, for Deshaun Watson a year ago, he'll spend the money. Like, he's not afraid to spend the money, and he knows he'll get that money back because they will pack that stadium, and they will sell a million Lamar Jackson jerseys. They also have a top 10 pick to dangle, and they've got all their other picks. I think Atlanta makes the most sense of anything. And by the way, if they were to get him, like that's a that's a real offense all of a sudden. Arthur Smith, he's a really good offensive coach. He had Marcus Mariota this year, so they have that running offense already. It already fits. They have Kyle Pitts. They have Drake London. And oh, by the way, other than the Bears, they have the most cap space in the NFL. I think Atlanta... Who, who struck out last year at the 11th hour with Deshaun Watson would make the most sense if Lamar doesn't end up in Baltimore. I 100% agree. 
the fact that they already have a run first or at least a run quarterback oriented offense makes this a plug and play, just a souped up version. Lamar Jackson doesn't make sense on every single team. He doesn't. His style of play, you have to cater it towards him. And what's he do? He takes off. Lamar Jackson is an incredible player. He can be an MVP in a system catered to him, but not every system is going to be catered to him. Atlanta can be. He also have better weapons than he had in uh, in Baltimore, at least on the outside. I think it's right. fair to say right. th- those receivers are better than anything he's had in Baltimore. Hollywood Brown was fine, but Hollywood Brown wasn't a bona fide wide receiver one. Now, Mark Andrews, yep. obviously one of the better tight ends in football, but you're hoping Kyle Pitts becomes that. I think yeah. Yeah. Atlanta, for all the reasons you listed out, getting the superstar there makes the most sense by far. And if I were going to pick where he lands – I would say Atlanta. I would pick Atlanta at this point over Baltimore. I, that would be interesting. I mean, look, here's here's the thing. So let me uh, let me uh, let me go this route, okay? The Ravens are going to tag him. I think we can agree on that. Bar, barring them coming to an extension or an, excuse me, extension, a new contract before then. I mean, they're they're not going to let him walk out the door, okay? Correct. Yeah. Now the tag is like thirty two and a half. But that's the non-exclusive tag. Now, for those who don't know the difference, the non-exclusive tag is cheaper. Um, it's 32 and a half for quarterbacks. The problem with that is any team could then offer him a contract. And if the Ravens match, then that's it. He signs that contract with the Ravens as is, structure included. However, if they don't or they can't match, the Ravens get two first-round picks. Now, in most cases, like if the Giants tag Daniel Jones, they would do it with a non-exclusive because why the hell not? If they get two first-round picks for Daniel Jones, they'd be thrilled to death. The Chiefs tag Orlando Brown, same thing. Like Nobody's giving them two first-round picks. A lot of teams would give two first-round picks up for Lamar Jackson. Okay? So... I think if Baltimore wants to protect itself here, it's got to go with the exclusive tag, which means you can't talk to anybody else, can't sign off sheet. Well, guess what? That's more expensive. That's $45 million. If Baltimore tags him with the non-exclusive, it tells you they are willing to risk losing him for two first-round picks, and they're saying, hey, somebody else do the negotiating for us. Not our problem. And we'll see what's what. If they don't give him the exclusive, that's kind of a message in its own right. So I am fascinated to see how this plays out. Everybody you talk to says, look, they're willing to pay him. They're willing to give him the money he wants. They're not willing to give him the guaranteed money that he wants. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> that's a big problem. So it's going to be fascinating to see, will the Ravens step up? What kind of tag will they give him? They've got till March 7th to tag him. That's the deadline. I don't know, man. Like, I don't think this is any sure thing. He's back with the Ravens by, I don't know, May 1st. Let's throw that deadline on there since the draft's end of April. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5hourenergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Do you think that the Deshaun Watson contract really is throwing a wrench in every other quarterback and the discussions with the the teams themselves? Because that's what it feels like. All these players are pointing to Deshaun Watson saying, he has his guaranteed contract. He's getting all this guaranteed money. Why can't I? Oh, yeah. It feels like that's the one contract that has screwed it up, made it better. I don't know what you want to say, but has made the biggest difference in discussions and negotiations between quarterback and team. Yeah, no, listen, it, it definitely did. I mean, here, because look, if you're the if you're the Ravens, you're saying to Lamar Jackson, we're not dumb enough to negotiate off of the Cleveland Browns, okay? They did what they did. They're out of their minds. That's their problem. If you're Lamar Jackson, you'd say, no, no, that's your problem because they were dumb enough to do that, okay? And now I'm worth more than he's worth. Okay, here's the issue Lamar faces. 
there have been two big, important contract extensions signed by quarterbacks since Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray. And in both cases, neither one of them approached having a fully guaranteed contract. So the Ravens have that on their side going, look, that is an anomaly. I remember when Wilson signed, talking to a lot of people in the league, everybody knew Murray was coming up next, and it was, look, man, that's going to be the big tiebreaker. That's going to be the big, like, if that's fully guaranteed, then Watson's deal is going to be kind of the the new standard. If it's non-guaranteed, then it's all of a sudden – Gonna, you're going to go, okay, well, the non-guaranteed is the way to go. So Murray, he signed, I believe it was it was July, looks like July 21st, looks like. Yeah, so he signed July 21st. And then Russell Wilson, I just want to make sure I have these in the right order. Um, Russell Wilson signed September 1st. Okay, so Wilson was the tiebreaker. So Murray signed first and Wilson was the breaker. They both signed what you'd consider normal deals like standard deals makes it a hell of a lot harder for Lamar Jackson, man. It really does. I, I think the injury concerns are valid as well. Not helping I, either. No. We've seen Lamar. It'd be different if Lamar Jackson's never been injured. He has been. He would also say the teams have a slight advantage after seeing Russell Wilson, after seeing Kyler yep. Murray. I think Kyler Murray is a decent comp to Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson's way more talented in my mind. Way he's more better. talented. He's much better. Than, and he's than, much more coachable, frankly. It, than Kyler Murray, yeah. but the explosiveness of Kyler, the the I don't want to say run first nature of Kyler, but at, at times it seems the oh. same situation. I think there's a good comp between Lamar and Kyler. You see how it's playing out in Arizona. If you're the Ravens, I don't know if you you double down on this. Well, I I don't know that I would either. Like, look, here's the other side of this too. Okay, he's missed significant time each of the last two years. And it was bizarre how it ended this season. I mean, let, let's call it what it is. That was weird. All right, Not that he didn't play. Like, okay, fine, maybe he couldn't play. But the Ravens, like, weren't saying that he couldn't play. It was very weird. Like, normally you'd come out and say, hey, look, he can't play. He's hurt. We back our guy 100%. They didn't do that. They didn't, they didn't back him. They kind of let him twist in the wind. That was weird, the way that was handled. By, frankly, an organization that knows better because Harbaugh has been there forever. The cost has been there forever. Yeah, their ownership in Bashadi has been there forever. Like, they know better. This isn't a bunch of first-year guys who didn't know what they were doing. Like, they knew what they were doing. They were kind of letting it hang out there. And you even had players like, well, you know, it would be great if you could play this week. You don't hear stuff like that. That was very out of the ordinary. And the other side of it is, And you could argue, and God knows there's arguments to be had on both sides. At some point, like, he's got to have playoff success, too. And they have not, as a team, had that. He has not played well in the playoffs. People love to be like, quarterback wins aren't a stat. Yeah, they are when there's a contract negotiation. They are then, believe me. Like, if you don't think that's coming up in a contract negotiation, and here's the third part of this, and and Wink in the chat brought up, says, so hard without an agent. Here's the other part that makes it really hard without an agent. Normally, when you're negotiating a deal, your agent goes in and he goes, he or she goes back and forth with the owner, okay, or the GM. Now it's you. You're going to hear some very uncomfortable things in that negotiation that normally your agent would hear and then filter it down to you. You're going to have Eric DaCosta sitting across from you if you're Lamar Jackson going, yeah, you haven't been that good in the playoffs and you've been hurt a ton the last two years. Um, We're kind of worried about that. That, I'm sure, is going to play out just lovely with Lamar face-to-face, like anybody, right? I mean, you you take that personally. It's different when that's said to an agent than when it's said to the guy's face. It is it is going to be a hard negotiation, man, a really hard negotiation. Before we move on, are you taking Lamar Jackson on the Ravens? Are you taking Lamar Jackson taking the field in 2023? The field the field because I just think there's a real chance he's not back. I'm not saying I think it's hundred percent or anything, but it's enough of an opportunity to take the field that I would take the field. Moving on to into the future. Let's start. Number one, who is more successful Shane Steichen or Jonathan Gannon? So who will be more successful Steichen, the OC going to Indy Gannon, the DC, both from Philadelphia going to Arizona. Now in both cases, uh, 
Indy, you don't have a quarterback. Arizona, you don't have a quarterback for the first half of the season. And then you have Kyler Murray, which I don't know how you feel about that. Ownership's not great in either place. Rosters are both bad. Like these are these are really challenging jobs. I'll take Steichen because I think he's about to get a rookie quarterback. And the Colts roster, I think there's a little bit more flexibility. Like you're you're in with Murray, man. You're in. And if that doesn't work, tough. I also am terrified of the, the way the Cardinals have built the staff out, man. Like a first-time 35-year-old offensive coordinator, a first-time defensive coordinator who's been nothing but a quality control coach his entire career until the last two years as a linebacker's coach. Now he's 29 years old, and he's taken over the job as D.C. of the Cardinals. Can you name three defensive players on the Cardinals? I mean... Uh, you're the dude from KU. <laughs> there you go, yeah. I mean, yikes, right? Like, it's like Buda Baker, and then it's guys. That's Isaiah it. Simmons, there we go. That's it. The guy like from KC. Collins, like from Tulsa. I mean, but it's, dude, it's woof. Okay, so you've got first-year guys in every situation. You know who else had first-year guys in every situation last year? Denver, all right? And look how that worked out. And the Cardinals have no quarterback first half of the year as Murray's rehabbing from a torn ACL. That is going to be a – if Gannon has them afloat, I give him all the credit in the world. That is a rough spot, man. I'd rather be at the Colts. Plus, Colts are in an easier division. The division's not good. I mean, Jacksonville, we both agree, is on the come up, but everybody else stinks. Like, I, I think Steichen has more success. I think Steichen has more long-term success. Uh, I do. I think the the point about a rookie quarterback is a good one. We saw Jalen Hurts take the next step this year. Yep. We saw we saw the offense extremely balanced. They they could do it in a multitude of ways. I know the Eagles team as a whole was extremely talented. That's going to obviously alleviate some of those concerns. Tough to do apples to apples when you have the Eagles team that roster compared to the Colts. Yep. Very different. But we saw him and the growth from Jalen Hurts. I think that's something to monitor. Uh, obviously, maybe some of that's AJ Brown. But I do want to give. Uh, so I give some credit there. But when it comes to Arizona, I think year one, Arizona has a better record than the Colts. I, I, I think the eight games, oh, okay. eight games, nine games, whatever it is of Kyler Murray, as long as Kyler Murray comes back halfway through the season, they might win six games, seven games. To, not, not, not the, I'm saying six full season. Games. Six or seven games is going to be more wins than the Colts have. If Arizona oh. wins six or seven, that's going to be – more wins than the Colts. I think by that standard, you'd probably say Gannon would have a better first year. If you, if the line was four and a half on the Cardinals, I'd take the under. I think there's a real chance of the number one overall but, pick. W- what are the Colts? I mean, they're in that division, man. I don't know. Five or six win team. Like, I mean, because I, I, I think I, the Colts actually can play six. defense. The sure. Colts have a real, the Colts have an actual defense that their offense is just pathetic. Like man, I, I think Steichen can somewhat fix it. I'm not. I'm not picking them to win eight, nine games. No, like no, I no. think they can be quality. Like, dude, I think the Cardinals might have the number one pick in the draft next year. That team is horrific, man. If they trade Hopkins, which it seems like that's kind of the hive mind here that they're going to. Hey, it's it's somebody at quarterback and Hollywood Brown and no defense. Have fun, guys, in a division where like you're getting the piss beat out of you six times if the Rams are healthy. Right, like, whew. hey, we'll see. We'll see. I will I will take the Colts both now and into the future. I, I think the first team to six wins, either team wins six games, they win that. Again, we mentioned both rosters aren't great. It's not a great situation for either no. team. I, I, I think Steichen has a better situation overall and into the future. I just think if we're going by records for, the, for, for season one between these two dudes, I might lean towards Arizona. Only thing I'm going to say. All right. Okay. All right. Uh, into the future, number two, more likely Aaron Rodgers on the Raiders or the Jets? This one's interesting because I think everybody feels like these are the two favorites. Um, the first thing I'll say is, does a mystery team show up? Does a mystery team pop into the equation? I'll give him credit. I, I was talking to uh, my old boss here at Fanside and a very good friend of mine, Jason Cole, uh, over the weekend. And he brought up, you know, we were just talking about Rodgers, and he said, what about New England? Like, what about, like, would New England go after him? Because they need a quarterback, and uh, Belichick's not getting any younger, and neither is Rodgers. So would those two join forces, and Rodgers basically run the offense, and Belichick runs the defense? 
got to give Jason credit there. I'll throw it out there. I don't want to, I want to steal his thunder and just say, oh, you know, I was thinking about the Patriots. Not like Jason was thinking about the Patriots. I was like, yeah, that's pretty interesting, actually. But for the purposes of the question, I think the Raiders are more likely, and here's why. They have the better draft pick, for starters. They're out west, which is where Rodgers grew up. He grew up in California. Obviously, the Raiders play in Vegas. But here's the number one thing. The Raiders don't have the New York media. And I don't think Aaron Rodgers wants to deal with the New York media. Let me tell you something right now. I grew up in that area of the country, obviously, as everyone knows. If if he goes on a darkness retreat in New York, (laughs) they... He's going to come out to about 50 different back pages just trying to top each other, ripping him to shreds, making fun of him, mocking him, laughing at him. And there's not going to be – remember a couple of years ago in the Packers, and to his credit, he was right, but, like, they were one and two, and he was like, he's got to relax. Everybody's got to relax. Yeah, have fun saying that to the New York Daily News and Newsday and everybody else. Like, Good luck, man. I mean, <laughs> nobody's going to relax in New York. They're going to be and, – and, by the way, not just the media, the fans. They will boo his ass off the field in two games if they're on two. I think it's a lot easier for him to go to the Raiders and play with Devontae Adams and play in a dome and not deal with cold weather and be back toward the West Coast. And you know what, man? He, I, I know people are going to say, yeah, but then he's got to deal with Mahomes. Like, he's not going to care about that. He's a competitor. He's not going to worry about that. He's going to go there if he could and say, I got Adams and I got an offensive-minded head coach and we got some weapons and so on and so forth. Now, I'll tell you what. I don't think he makes either one of those teams a Super Bowl contender. I think he makes the Jets more of a contender than the Raiders because the Raiders can't stop anybody. But I would say the Raiders are more likely if he has his druthers than the Jets. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think he goes to the Raiders for sure. I, I or Between these two teams. Right. Uh, I think the Raiders, the connection with Devontae Adams is a massive one for him. California, Las Vegas. And the New York media, I think, is a very, very good point. I think if he goes to the Jets, that team becomes extremely interesting. The Jets are a quarterback away. They won five games with Zach Wilson starting. That team is good. They have, great, they have great weapons, a exceptional defense, an offensive line that's getting better. Uh, you know, Brees Hall is going to be back and healthy next year. This Jets team is good. They're good. They just need a quarterback. He would make them not a Super Bowl contender, but for sure, the favorite to uh, maybe, nah, I, I would say a, a playoff contender, a, a almost luck to make the playoffs. I'll go that far. Okay. Yeah, I think with Rodgers, I think the Jets are definitely a playoff team. I I don't think that – I don't think the Raiders are guaranteed to be one if they have Rodgers. No. Uh, they can't stop anybody. Like, I don't – like, unless he's playing defense – they're, they're still giving up 30 to anybody who can play offense. So that, well, that's the problem I have. Well, how much better is he than Derek Carr at this point? Realistically, I, he's better. He's, he's better. better. I mean, but, but, but the, the him over Derek Carr or him over Zach Wilson and Mike White right, and Joe Flacco. Passes. I agree. And you see the win total, the divisions. I think the Raiders are like a nine win team with Rodgers, maybe. Like, I don't know. I, I mean, I just. The other thing is, like, I don't know how Rodgers and Josh McDaniels work together. That's an interesting pairing. Um, But, yeah, I think of those two teams, I think the Raiders make more sense for him. Do you think he's for sure gone from Green Bay? You think he played his last game there? I think it's very unlikely he's out of Green Bay. I don't think – and I'll tell you what, man, I don't think it's necessarily his decision. I think the Packers are just kind of ready to move on. I think they're ready to move on. They want to see Jordan Love in his fourth year. I just think, like – if you went eight and nine last year and now you've got to pare down this roster more because of cap crunch situational stuff, like why keep him? Like for what reason? You're not winning the Super Bowl. So yeah, I can trade him. And you almost have to find out what you have in Jordan Love. At some point, yeah. Rodgers is not there forever. You, and it's you, this point. It's this point. Yeah. It's this point. Uh, let's look into the future. Number three, over under eight and a half starts for Jimmy G next year. All right, so I did that because obviously it's just right down the middle. Um, so here's what's interesting. I did this in the column as well. So if you read the column, well, thank you. But I also apologize because I'm going to kind of repeat myself. So Derek Carr is leaving the Raiders. We all know this. If he goes to the Jets, who he's visited, then I think it makes it really easy for Rodgers to go to the Raiders. And that makes it interesting with Jimmy G. Where are you going? Because you've got connections to the Jets and the Raiders. The Jets have a head coach who knows you from San Francisco. And obviously, he knows Josh McDaniels very well from his time in New England. 
I think if he if Rodgers goes to Vegas, it sets up really well then for the Jets to go, all right, Derek Carr or Jimmy G. Right? Because then all of a sudden, you know, they don't Carr's the better player. They've got connections to Jimmy G. He'd probably be a little bit cheaper. Like, which way do you want to go? Um, and if Jimmy G were to go to the Jets in that scenario, then I think Carr goes to the NFC South. Um I think Garoppolo is going to have a starting job somewhere next year. I do. Like, whether it's with the Jets or the Raiders, whether it's with one of those teams in the NFC South, like if the Jets and the Raiders get Carr and and, and Rodgers, then maybe Garoppolo goes to a team like the Panthers and is a bridge for Frank Reich for a year. Maybe he goes to the Commanders and he's, and he's a bridge to the future. Um, you know, the Saints, who have no money but seemingly can't stop spending it, the Saints are like that buddy of yours that, you know, he's, he's, he's working, he's making a, you know, I don't know, maybe, a, maybe a, a smaller salary. And he shows up at your house one day and he shows up in like a, a brand new tricked out Dodge charger. And you're like, Hey man, like you, you renting that? Or, nah, bought it. Credit. You're like what? Like, really? Cause I thought you were like, a first year teacher just out of college. Like, how did you, yeah, just put, you know, put 3% down and just hoping for the best. Like that seems, <laughs> that seems like a poor idea for the future. Uh, no, nah, that's all right. So also, uh, Hey, bought a house and uh, <laughs> leveraged it to the hilt. But you know, it's like, Oh, okay, man. How'd you do that credit? Like, okay. Um, and you know he owes all his boys 20, 30, or 40 oh. bucks and goes, I'll hit you up next time. And, and, he's, and he's constantly <laughs> chasing, right? So it's always like, well, hey, man, listen, I need to cover my expenses this month. And they're, they're now four grand because the interest keeps climbing. Uh, can you loan me a grand? Because I'm flat broken about to default. And they're going to take my car and my house. And I'm going to have to file Chapter 11 and have a credit score of eight. And I feel like that's where the Saints are, but Mickey Loomis doesn't care because he's in his mid-60s and he's just like, F it, it's somebody else's problem, right? So, I mean, maybe he goes to the Saints. You know, maybe – I was just – Dion beat me to it. I was just going to say maybe the Titans, like if they decide to move on from Tannehill, the question is like, is he better than Tannehill? I don't I don't know, right? So, I think he's going to – I think I'm going to take the over, though. If he – you know, the big question with him is if he's healthy. But if he's healthy, I would take the over. I think he will start somewhere at least part of the season. I, I think the under. Okay. I, I don't think he's a bad quarterback, but I don't think he moves the needle on a lot of these teams. The only team I really see him making a an upgrade is the Jets. The Jets, he would be an upgrade over what we saw last year. Panthers? Uh, Panthers, maybe. An upgrade but, over that? Saints? The, Pan- the Panthers with, with Jimmy G aren't a playoff team. There's no reason to go out and get Jimmy G. You either stick with Sam Darnold or you rebuild. I don't think there's any way you're seeing, yeah, Jimmy G's our guy. He's our future quarterback. That doesn't make any sense to me. The Saints, is he an upgrade over Andy Dalton? Jameis Winston? He's kind of in the same bucket of guy. I, I Jimmy G, I have a lot of respect for. I'm not saying he's a horrendous quarterback. You, you're not a horrible quarterback if you go to a Super Bowl. I get all this stuff. He's a proven winner. But that team, that scheme – it, it, it was for him. He didn't have to do anything. You you go to a bad team where you're not having to make these throws. I don't think he can make those throws. We saw Nick Mullins be okay in San Fran. We saw Brock Purdy be good in San Fran. It's the scheme. It's the system. I don't think it's Jimmy G. I also want to point out, is, is he better than Baker Mayfield? Does Baker get a job before him? He's better than Baker Mayfield. I think Sam Howell gets the job for say or for uh, Washington, it might, we saw it all might. we saw Eric Bieniemy come out. I think it was yesterday. They're moving forward with Sam Howell. That's the plan. New England's interesting, but then you're saying is he that much of an upgrade over Mac Jones? Maybe right now, but it's not I think drastic. The question is if he is he a big enough one to make the move worth it? Like, and that's my point. He's not a big enough needle mover over almost any of these guys. I think I think Derek Carr is clear cut better, more talented than him. Yes, I agree. The price tag he's going to want, I don't see any team where he moves the needle for. I, I I just don't see it. I see him being a backup. Huh? Okay. Fair enough. I 
I think it's interesting. I'll take the over. I think it's I think it's an interesting question though because I think a lot of it depends on how the dominoes fall. I don't like disagreeing with you on two out of the three so far because I I would have to take a, a a pretty good guess that you've been better than me in our uh, bet throughout the year. I hope so. <laughs> I hope let's, so. Let's go into the future number four. How much will Daniel Jones actually be paid on his next deal? Okay, so this stems from this report that's come out that he wants to get paid. $45 million a year. Bro, that's what Patrick Mahomes gets paid. And on top of that, like, I understand. Let me just be clear because I'm being a little tongue-in-cheek here. I understand that Mahomes signed that deal in the summer of 2020 and that the world changes because, the, the you know, the contracts go up because the, the cap goes up. Like, I get all that. Yeah, you're not getting paid $45 million a year. And the, the GM that pays you $45 million a year should be fired on the spot. He... This year, this past season, okay, had the best year of his career. Nobody would argue that he's reasonable. In that year, he threw for 3,205 yards, 15 touchdowns on 6.8 yards per, per attempt, okay? His yardage total was 15th in the NFL, almost smack dab in the middle. His touchdown total, passing touchdowns, 21st. His yards per attempt, 25th. He had as many touchdown passes as Marcus Mariota, who didn't even play the last month of the season, and his yards per attempt was tied with Mac Jones. I'm sorry. In what world are you worth $45 million a year? I mean, I'd like $45 million a year too, but I don't think fanside is hooking me up. Okay. <laughs> I, I think that's a pretty good bounding. Anybody's hooking me up. What, like, so the question then becomes, as you point out, what is the realistic amount? He's, first of all, I think the first year is going to be 32 megs. I think he's getting tagged. That's what I think is going to happen. All right. Now, beyond that, let's say he has a similar season. I think it's right around the tag number, man. Like, I think it's about like 30 million a year. I think that's what he gets, which, hell, that's not a bad payday for Daniel Jones. But I think that's what he's worth in today's NFL. I do not think he's worth a cent more than that. I think anybody who signs him to more than that is insane. I mean, Dable did God's work with Daniel Jones this year. He's an average quarterback. I'm not saying he's bad, but he's average. Now, they need better receivers. Maybe that bumps him up to a, a spot where he could throw for 36, 3,700 yards and 20 touchdowns. But even so, I mean, he's not worth more, in my opinion, than 30. At the absolute most, somewhere between 30 and 35. And I think that's pushing it. Yeah, I would actually agree with you here. I think 30 to 35 is probably the absolute max. I do think he gets tagged next year. It is difficult to really judge when Richie James was your wide receiver one the yep. second half of the season. Yep. By the way, Richie James, uh, thank you. You helped me a lot in fantasy football playoffs, so thank you. Uh, I'll take but, shots at the man if he helped you. Uh, he, he did great, but is Richie James a bona fide wide receiver one in the NFL? No, he's not. Come on now. Uh, Daniel Jones was bolstered by a great run game. Saquon Barkley was outstanding, but you mentioned Brian Dable, and that's the point to make here. Can Brian Dable do this with everyone? Or is Daniel Jones just taking the next step? Because Josh, Josh Allen. well, Josh Allen had his best seasons under Brian Dable. Yep. I will also point out Josh Allen was hurt half the year. So it might not be the most fair comparison, but what we have in front of us, we have the numbers. He was best under Brian Dable. So either you make the case that this is Daniel Jones taking the next step or it's Dable. If it's Dable, you don't pay a quarterback $35 million. You don't do it. You bring in another average guy, and you get the best out of him. That's what I would do. Then you can spend money on your wide receivers. You can spend money on defense and other positions. It's a very tricky situation the Giants are in. I think for the Giants, this is really simple. You tag him. You make him play this year out. And if he's really good and he takes a huge leap, great, sign him. If he's the same guy, draft his replacement, tag him again if you have to. Like, I'm not signing him long-term this year. Based on what? He threw 15 touchdown passes and 3,200 passing yards? I mean, that, that's not – those aren't huge numbers in 1992. Like, I'm not I'm not signing him long-term based off that. And if you're him, like, what are you going to do? You're tagged. You're going to hold out and throw a fifth? I, that's fine. Go ahead. Go nuts. <laughs> um, I would argue that if you started Jacoby Brissett for 17 games, he could give you those numbers. Now, he's not going to run the way Jones did. Isn't the upside? I get it, but like you're not like I'm not paying him off for that. So, 
You go ahead. I was going to say, that, that's the case. If, you, if you're paying Daniel Jones to say $35 million, say you're paying Brissett 15 Yeah. That seem fair? Yeah. In and this I, scenario, I don't think that, man. I don't think that. Yeah, maybe it's 10 but Let's just say 15 on the high side. Okay. You have $20 million extra dollars to spend yep. on your wide receivers, your defense. That's a lot of money. $20 million a year, uh, wide receiver one almost. Yeah. I mean, you're getting at least a Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk was overpaid and was getting paid 17.5, 18, somewhere around I, there. Well, it depends. If you look at his incentives, he's getting paid 21 million. I, I'm gonna say that's a lot of money. If you add Brissett and that player or just Daniel Jones. I'll tell you, I'm gonna be at the combine next week. I'll ask like 10 different people in the NFL. Daniel Jones, what is he worth? If anybody says $45 million, I'm going to ask them to take a picture, put their name to it, and I'm going to tweet it out with their picture. Say, hey, you, you're not getting any anonymous source on this, bud. <laughs> like you're, you're, you're going to put a name to a face because nobody's going to believe this is real. Um, but I will ask people. I'll ask people what, what the thought process is. I'd be stunned, man. Uh-huh. I would be stunned if anybody paid him over 35 a year. And by the way, Deion says $30 million for an average player is nuts. I think teams make mistakes and you pay average players, good player. Money. Deion, I agree with you. I wouldn't give him the contract. But somebody will. Somebody will say, if he was a free agent, like if they didn't tag him and he hit the market, some team would give him that money. Some team would just go, you know what? Better than what we got. But I agree with your overall assessment, Deion. It's like, look, man, the problem you come into in the NFL and in any business GMs know they're not going to get fired if they're winning nine games, ten games. They may not win a Super Bowl, but they may not get fired. Carl Peterson made 20 years worth off that. Go ahead. Uh, the Titans. Titans GM. <laughs> I mean, it, hey, you're not getting fired off nine wins unless you're John Robinson. Then yeah. you're fired. Okay? Um, and, and by the way, John Robinson's going to get in a job in this league. Okay? He's going to be a GM again. But you're, that's a good point. John Dorsey. Man, man got fired, and the Chiefs became a dynasty or a near dynasty. I don't know what to call it. Uh, not John Dorsey. I remember when he got fired. I was like, "What?" Um, but my point is, it's rare, man. Like you wouldn't a lot of you're not going to get fired. You're not going to get fired. Most organizations, you're putting butts in the seats. You're selling merchandise, and you're going to get to keep that job for a long time. Now, look, if you're yeah, you know, you're stalled out at nine wins for you know eight nine, then yeah, okay, but. Carl Peterson made two decades worth of a career in Kansas City where early on they were really good, and then they would just win like eight, nine games every year, and Carl just he just hung out and just collected checks. <laughs> like, they never had a quarterback. They ne- it didn't matter. So if you're a quarter, if you're a GM, Daniel Jones, if he plays the way he played this year, you're going, we'd always like to upgrade him, but in the meantime, going to win a lot of games. Now, the question is, can Daniel Jones do this year in, year out, and do it in different systems and stuff like that? Or is it just, look, Dable is the quarterback whisperer, and if he goes anywhere else, they're going 5-12, and 12, and he's going right back to who he was. That's the big question. Before we get into what the hell is going on with you and talking about where you're going, yeah, you mentioned it, um, yep. the Rams, do you think they bounce back at all? This is a very interesting situation where they're, they're aging, they're getting older, a lot of money sunk into a lot of high talent or high talent players, but a lot of aging yep. players. Yep. Do they blow it up? Do they say, let's run it back with Matt Stafford? What do you think happens? Uh, you know, I, I thought it was uh I thought it was interesting that that they didn't exactly deny the idea they might trade Jalen Ramsey. They were like, Yeah, you know, well, we'll see what happens. Okay. Um I think they're better than they were this year because they were – if God, if they weren't the most injured team in the league, they were right up there. But I don't think they're a contender. I mean, I, I got to be honest with you, man. I thought the year they won the Super Bowl. <laughs> they were kind of like they're good, and then everything in its mother fell in the right place for them. Like, I, hey, listen, you, they won a ring. Can't take it away from them. But of all the teams in recent memory that have won a Super Bowl, that team to me was the team you're like, yeah, okay. Like, I, I mean, it, fine. But, like, they didn't have to play the Packers that year. They didn't have to play a healthy Niners team. They didn't have to play the, they didn't have to play a healthy Bucks team. They got a bolt and they're really beat up. They didn't have to play the Chiefs or the Bills that year when everybody thought those were the two best teams in football. Like, and the Packers were probably third. 
the Rams drew like if you're a poker player, they, they drew an inside straight on the river. Okay, like they just, I, I mean, everything went right and they won the Super Bowl and they they hosted the damn game. So I mean, it was just it was incredible. I think they will bounce back to an extent. I do not think they're a contender. I think they're like in the NFC playoff team, you know, something like that. Like they got Stafford, they've got Cup, they've got Donald, but man, the rest of that team is just like. And what is it if Ramsey gets traded? I don't know. Like, maybe they win, like, nine games. Maybe. But, yeah, I think they're, like, around 500. All right. So, what the hell is going on? You're going to the combine. Oh, do you have the Rams bouncing back? No. I think nine okay. wins is about what it is. I, I just think that they're going to try and live off these four guys. I, I think Jen Ramsey probably stays. They're going to try and run it back with these old guys. And there's, the offensive line isn't good. They don't have a ton right. of weapons. Allen Robinson – he really fell off. That was not good. No. I, I, Cooper Cup will be back. Yeah, it's obviously nice. It, it just feels like they're too top heavy. It reminds me of the Detroit Tigers in baseball back in the day when they had about five superstars, but the rest of that team was a whole bunch of just just guys. Just guys. Not above average, but just guys. You got Ramsey, Donald, um, maybe Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup. After that, you just have guys. You got to have more above average players in that team. They don't have it. I'm with you. All right. What's going on in our lives? Uh, so next week I go to Indianapolis. As I mentioned, I'll be at the combine Monday through Friday. Uh, it is my favorite trip of the year. I enjoy it more than the Super Bowl. I enjoy it just because it is a where you learn the most about the upcoming offseason. Because you know, when you're at the senior bowl, everybody's just kind of like first of all, you're not even fully into the offseason because you still have the Super Bowl to go. But, like, everybody's kind of just figuring out for their clients, like, where the market is. Teams are figuring out their cap situations. Like, you're, it's kind of just dipping your toe in the water, right? The Super Bowl, not every team's there because you only have two teams there. So, it's, like, a lot of media, but, like, there's not a ton of, of sourcing going on there. The Combine's, like, jumping in just headlong into the pool, man. Like, the Combine's crazy because let me tell you something right now. You know, like when, when free agency starts and some guy signs a $100 million contract three seconds into the window and people are like, wow, that was quick. Yeah, because it happened at the Marriott in Indianapolis. Okay? Like it was written down on a napkin. That's why it was done so quickly. Free agency starts next Monday. But let's, let's just be really clear about that. I don't mind peeling back that curtain a little bit. Like free agency, these these teams and these agents, they're, they're getting after it at the Combine. I'm not throwing any specific people under the bus because that would be bad business. But like, and frankly, because it would be harder to name the people that aren't. <laughs> like, if you're not doing it, you're behind the curve. And the NFL knows this, right? I mean, nobody's signing official contracts, of course. But, like, there's there's a lot of, like, hey, my guy's interested in this team. Or, hey, our team's interested in your guy. What is the contract he's looking for? Give us an idea so we know financially, like, what we're looking at. So that's number one. I love that stuff. It's fun. You can talk to people. You can get an idea of what's what. Number two. Indy's a really underrated food city. Um, St. Elmo's Steakhouse, which is the spot, that place is amazing, man. Shrimp cocktail, clean house with that shrimp cocktail. Um, I will go there multiple times in the the five days I'm there. Um, There's a brewery there, used to be called Ram, uh, and it changed. I don't. I'm assuming it changed ownership. I don't know for a fact. Changed names to uh, to. I think it's called Goodwood, as in like almost like a baseball type thing. Great, great burgers, great food, great place to grab lunch. It's an easy city to walk around. They got a little chocolatier shop right next to the hotel, so I just get fatter. Um, that's fine. I don't care. I'll do enough walking to burn off at least a couple of those pieces of chocolate. The problem is you get 10 of them. Uh, but uh, Indy's good, man. Indy's good. Last year, uh, a bunch of uh, colleagues and I went down to the – I'll try to if I can tell the story. Ah, what the hell. We went down to the Ruth Chris Steakhouse, okay? And the person who was in charge of this entire thing, who got us all together, was told by the steakhouse, and I don't know what, what the reasoning is for this number, but you can't have more than 11 people in a party. I guess maybe the, just the way the tables are set up, whatever. <laughs> so he invites 13 of us. And we get down there, and luckily I was one of the first 11, so like we all sit down, and then two more people show up, and the steakhouse kind of looks at this guy like, really, man? But like they make it work. We get this waitress who, God bless her, has to put up with 13 NFL writers who are getting increasingly rambunctious as the night picks up. Um, 
the bill was aggressive. <laughs> Between appetizers, the main course at Ruth Chris, drinks, dessert. It was it was a large bill. Um, well beyond what the per diem was that evening. So I had to dip into the old Mad Verderam funds. And so we were all to a man, we're like, look, we have got to leave a nice tip here because she put up with all this crap. The party's bigger than it was supposed to. We had a per- we were off kind of into a side room, and there was another couple who I'm pretty sure was clearly celebrating like an anniversary or something. <laughs> they were unpleased with the entire situation. Yeah, as we were just screaming out who we thought the best players were in the XFL and the USFL. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was not good. So we left the tip that I would describe as, as both simultaneously generous, but also very necessary for the, for the evening. And I remember, thankfully, she was like, you guys come back anytime. Well, if she's out there listening, we're coming back this week. <laughs> we're going to be there. I hope they're ready for a party at 13 because here it comes. Um <laughs> Uh, we had a gr- I love Indy, man. Indy's the best. It's a lot of fun. It's late nights. It's cigars. It's all the rest of it. It's it's nothing says sourcing like a four a.m. cigar underground, but it's happening, um, and it's a beautiful thing. Oh, the best part is is you're a New York guy, and now you're saying Indy, the big city where things happen. I didn't say anything <laughs> about being a big city, but it's it's a good city. I enjoy it. Indy's a fun place. It's a good. It's man, I, the first time I went. I'm like, Indianapolis, real great. Can't like. I'm not saying I go there on vacation, but like for this purpose, it's they, they move it out of there and they're going to eventually because they're they're money hungry. That's going to be. You couldn't find one person involved in the combine as a writer from the team that wants to move out of Indianapolis. Not one. Mm-hmm. Everybody loves it. There's a steakhouse we all go to at night because that's where everybody goes. Different hotel bars, like places to be, and it is. Uh, it, they do it right, man. They do it right. It's it's a lot of fun. I'm heading to Southern Indiana, leaving tomorrow, then heading down to Louisville and going on a bourbon tour. Going on a bourbon tour down there, not Versailles, which I would have thought is how it was pronounced, but Versailles. Apparently, it's pronounced Versailles. Going to Woodford Reserve, the Woodford Distillery. Woodford Reserve is my go-to bourbon. Um, my girlfriend got it for me as a Christmas present. You have to book these things out like three months in advance. Sure. It's not like a, hey, let me just stop on by. It's a, no, let's get a, a full-on tour, plan this thing out. So I'm really excited. So I'll be also having some debauchery going on. All right. Well, so the important thing out here is I need to remember this because you're coming out in May for a Blink-182 concert that you, myself, and the, the wife are attending. And so uh, I'll have to get Woodford Reserve because I got to tell you, I've become in the last like four months, I always was a rum guy. That was always my thing. I like vodka as well. I could become a big bourbon guy. Mm-hmm. Like last night, I actually knocked down multiple bourbon and gingers. Really good. Um I'm a huge fan. I got a bunch of I got a bunch of it now upstairs, but I'll have to get some Woodford reserves for you. Um at the and then it, come out for the uh come out for the draft for Kansas City. I'll have to I'll bring a few of my favorite bottles and we'll just we'll, we'll turn just, the draft into something real interesting. Hey, I got some Cubans up there in my Christian Okoye uh humidifier for oh, my beautiful baby. Oh yeah. Beautiful. I got my humidor right over here. Yeah, so we're uh that sounds great. <laughs> See, man, you should have came to Indy. <laughs> so you're a damn good time in Indianapolis. Like, Maybe I'm, next I'm, year I'll have to swing through. Good for you. Though. How far of a trip is that for you? Uh, about eight hours. That's, that's not crazy. Not and then you you are coming to Chicago. Yeah, like the next week, March 10th for a so concert. So you going back to Kansas City before that? Yeah. Wow, that's a lot of travel. Okay. Oh yeah, baby. That's why I bought a new Jeep. <laughs> I, am, I am appalled that I didn't know you were coming to Chicago. I would have taken you and the girlfriend out for dinner. Is that on me? It is. What the hell? You don't even tell me you're coming. Then you're like, hey, man, you got any spots we can hit? By the way, fuck you. Don't don't come see us. <laughs> I'm seeing you like the next month after that. Come on. Oh, it's, oh, it's a shot. We're only there a couple days. I'm just kidding. I want you to enjoy the time with your girlfriend. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I see you plunge. I'm sure uh, I'm sure my girlfriend would love that. Yeah. Hey, we're going to this romantic concert. Romantic evening. Frederick comes out just drunk. So who's <laughs> your top five favorite players on the 1987 <laughs> Titans? We'll be the Oilers. I was going to say we're the Oilers, yeah. Um, we're a playoff team, though. Uh, that being said, yeah, no, I, I don't think uh, I don't think your girlfriend would like that. I don't. I will tell you, and I'll say it again, the Gilpar, man. That's the uh, 
That's a good spot right there. Um, nice place. And there's a lot of bars around it, like nice bars around it. So like afterwards you walk out and there's a whole bunch of, I used to, I went there with Steph multiple times when I lived in Chicago. Um, now we live outside of it, of course, but yeah, no, I, I hope you and your, your girlfriend enjoy it. And uh, when you come out in May, um, that'll be interesting. Um, cause at that point the weather's good and I, I don't care. Well, here, we, we can leave it on this. Every time my wife has a few drinks, she, she loves Blink-182. Okay, so this is the backstory of this. Every time she has a few drinks and she's got a buzz going, she's one of the most fun people you could be around because, I mean, she she's fun anyway, of course, but like she really like lets her guard down, lets her hair back when she, she has a few drinks. If she's really having a good buzz going, without fail, I get the following. You know what would be a great idea? If there was a bar that all they did was play Blink-182, that would be a great bar. So she is, needless to say, jacked up for this concert. And I'm pretty sure the night before the hotel, night before the concert, we're just gonna like rent a couple of hotel rooms downtown Chicago and just and just like leave the kids with with we my laws. Yeah. Okay, we are. So, so you guys who are listening, I'm finding out news of this plan live right now. I well, like I it. think I think that's gonna be the idea. That or, or you could step at, at the at the place here and we can we can just drive in and just but it, I mean there's more to do in Chicago than there is Rockford. So it's your call. Um, I'm trying to make this experience best for you. Uh, I'll spend so many days you're coming in for as well. But regardless, whether we're in Chicago or Rockford, like I guarantee you at some point you're going to hear this idea that she has. Like she's a pitch man. She's like, I, I think they should just have a bar that all they do is play Blink-182. That'd be the best thing. To do. So she at the United Center during that concert is going to be a sight to behold. Okay. Um, I am looking very forward to this, both as a fan of Blink-182 and just as a husband. Um, I can't wait to see this. But in any event, oh yeah, if we do decide to stay down in Chicago, oh we're gonna we're gonna hit it heavy. There's gonna okay. be a lot of nobody's gonna be going to nobody's gonna be checking into the hotel room at nine o'clock at night. Let's put it that way. It's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be an evening. Uh, I am looking forward to it. Uh, I will not get my reading in. I I, I will say no. that. No, no, you will not. Um, yeah, leave leave the books at home. Okay, leave them on the shelf where they belong. Uh, all right. That's all we have. We we hit an hour. We talk pickleball. We talk Blink-182. We also I don't know, we talked about the NFL a little bit. That's good. Um, if you're new to the channel, please subscribe on Stack in the Box, whether or not you're doing it on iTunes or Spotify, wherever you listen to it, but also, of course, on YouTube. Um, and we'll be back next week. I'll be back from Indianapolis. So we'll have to figure that out. Maybe it'll be the same time. Maybe a little different. Either way, we'll we'll do a we'll do a show from Indy. Um and we will we will go from there. But I'm looking forward to uh, some touch and base from uh, the Hoosier State, as I uh, am probably knocking down some kind of burger I got to go with like eight chocolates next to me. And I'm just, at that point, I'm just in need of like maternity clothes as I am just ever expanding. <laughs> All right, uh, for for Sterling Holmes, I am Matt Verderam. Thanks for joining us here on Stacking the Box. We'll see you again next week. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.